You're listening to the Grow Your Own Food Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you grow fresh fruit, vegetables, and even grains in your own backyard. In every episode, you'll get growing tips, recipe inspiration, and more. Ready to get growing? Then let's jump in. Hey guys, welcome to episode 11 of the Grow Your Own Food podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Smith, and today we are going to be talking about how to compost without a compost pile. Not everybody has a big giant yard that they can heap all of their organic matter into to create compost. And some of us do have a yard, but rules in our neighborhood don't allow us to have a compost pile because everybody thinks compost piles are smelly and attract pests. The truth is, if a compost pile is done correctly, um, that that's not true, but not everybody's aware of that and not everybody takes care of their compost piles to the point where that's also not true. So if that's you, if you don't have a yard or if you do have a yard and you don't or you can't create a compost pile, I'm gonna be sharing some small scale ways that you can still compost today. But first, a word from this episode's sponsor. So if you're interested in composting and you're completely new to it, um, chances are you don't really know what should go into compost. So let me just cover that really, really quick. The only things that you should be putting into your compost is organic matter. So that would be any um, vegetable scraps, that would be eggshells, that would be tea bags. Um, You can even put human hair in compost. What are some examples of things you can't put in compost? You shouldn't put any meat in compost. You shouldn't put any bones or animal fat, no dairy products, things that you think of as, you know, could rot and get really smelly apart from kind of like that breaking down vegetable smell, anything like that should not go in your compost. So just wanted to cover that really quick for anybody who's not familiar. But there are actually a few different ways that you can compost on a smaller scale, even if you, like I said in the intro, don't have a yard, or if you do have a yard and you're not allowed to have an open air compost pile in your yard. And I've, I've done both of these methods, so I'm, I can tell you that, that they do work, they are successful, and that's why I'm sharing them with you today. The first method that I want to share with you is called trench composting. And essentially what happens is you dig a trench, right? Which is basically just one long hole, kind of like a ditch. A ditch is like a big example of a trench. And you collect your vegetable scraps, things like that, while you cook dinner throughout the week in a compost pail that you keep in your kitchen. And you can use, you know, you don't have to buy something fancy to use as a compost pail. You can use just a simple bucket that has a lid on it. Compost pails can be nice because you can use them in the kitchen and the lids tend to have like a charcoal filter that um, keep them from getting smelly if you're going to be keeping it indoors and you're only going to be emptying your your compost pail every week or so. Ideally, you would 
you know, empty it more often than that, um, like every few days, but I'm going to be honest, life happens and you forget, you know, you forget even though it's sitting there right in front of you. That's, that's definitely happened to me sometimes. But as you collect those kitchen scraps, you can take the contents of that compost pail and empty it into the trench. Once you've emptied it into the trench, you can bury that section of the trench, put the soil over top of the things that you've collected in that compost pail, and then just kind of keep filling up that trench. Now, how deep should the trench be if you're trench composting? I would dig it down a good foot because those those are kind of raw kitchen scraps and raw kitchen scraps like that can attract pests, especially things like um, raccoons and squirrels. So you want to be able to to bury them deep enough so that you know the soil is going to completely cover it and those those critters aren't going to be tempted to kind of dig them back up. I like to try and bury my compost scraps a good six inches or so once I've kind of like thrown them in the trench. So a lot of people when they trench compost they will kind of as soon as a space opens up in their garden they'll dig that trench and kind of allow that trench to fill up while you know the space right next to it or nearby is still planted with vegetables so then by next growing season when that trench is full and it's been buried and it's been breaking down for a good long while then you can just go ahead and like plant right on top of it because honestly it only takes soil microbes in healthy soil anyway like a couple of weeks really to to break down just like plain old vegetable scraps. Things like eggshells, tea bags, they can take a little bit longer for those soil microbes to break down, but it still does do a really, really good job of even breaking those things down eventually. So another way that you can compost, even if you're not allowed to have an open air compost pile, is to have a compost tumbler. That's what I have in my yard because my HOA, my homeowners association, does not allow open air compost piles. And a compost tumbler is just a really great way to sort of, to keep that kitchen waste under wraps, not smelly, you know, even if you are mismanaging your compost or, and even if you're trying to manage it actively, sometimes the balance isn't quite right. You need to have the right ratio of brown matter to green matter in there. And I'm going to be covering composting more in depth in a later episode, but it's important to have probably like a four to one brown matter, like dead dry leaves to green matter, which is, you know, kind of like your fresh kitchen scraps, right? Anything that's green. If everything is really green, it's just going to like get really smelly and watery and and gross really fast. So you need that brown matter to kind of soak everything up, hold everything in, and help hold it there while the soil microbes break it all down. So it's important to make sure you have the right ratio of brown matter to green matter in your compost tumbler, but that compost tumbler allows you to kind of like fill up one side of the tumbler. Once it's full, it usually has a divider in it, And once that's full, you switch over to, you know, putting your kitchen waste in the other side of the compost tumbler 
while that first side is actively, you know, rotting and, and breaking down and everything like that, because it's not in contact with the soil, you do have to throw, you know, like a couple handfuls of soil, of healthy soil, into the compost tumbler by hand. So usually a compost pile that's outside, right, that's on the ground, is in contact with the soil. And those soil microbes can just naturally migrate from the soil up into the compost pile. But if it's in a plastic compost tumbler, it can't do that. So you have to help it along by kind of adding some scoops or like a shovel full of soil in there. And eventually those soil microbes will break everything down. They'll even multiply and um, breaking down things in that compost tumbler kind of like occurs naturally over time. A tumbler also allows you to spin the tumbler, tumble the contents around, just like the name suggests, um, which helps keep the pile aerated. Normally in a compost pile, you would turn it with a pitchfork or a shovel to kind of keep oxygen flowing through it, which is another thing that helps things break down a little bit faster. So instead with a compost tumbler, you're kind of tumbling those contents around and oxygenating them that way. So those are the two methods that I personally have used in order to compost on a smaller scale. But even if all you have is um, planters, like a window box or pots that you grow herbs in, you can still compost on a smaller scale. Obviously, you're not going to be able to compost as much as many of your kitchen scraps as you probably have, but you can still do that. So anytime those pots aren't in use, just dig all the way down to the bottom, fill them up with some kitchen scraps, bury them those kitchen scraps with the dirt that you took out. And then by the time you're ready to plant in like those window boxes or those pots, again, the soil will be nice and broken down and renewed with nutrients for, for the next thing that you plant in there. So I hope this has given you a little bit of insight into how you can compost, even if you don't have a yard or if you do have a yard and you're not allowed to have an open air compost pile. I would love some feedback. I would love to hear any questions you have. So feel free to, to review, to post questions, to hit me up on my website, to hit me up on social media. Um, you can find me at B and Basil at both Facebook and on Instagram and I, I welcome your questions and I and I love hearing from you. So that's it for today and I will see you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Grow Your Own Food podcast. Visit beeandbasil.com for helpful how-to articles, images, and recipes.